Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hi guys, thanks for being here and tuning in today. On this episode, we are going to be covering a new topic on our show and we know you guys are going to love it. We are going to be joined by the inspiring CEO and owner of Simply Spaced, Monica Lead. Monica is a professional organizer who created her company to help transform cluttered minds and spaces. She has a design background in the fast-paced film industry and realized that a demanding career without an organized home life is a recipe for disaster. She's here to share all her best tips today, so let's get into it. Hello guys, welcome back to our show. Thanks for being here. Before we have Monica come on today, Sophie and I figured we'd just catch up a bit and catch you guys up on our life and just fill you in on the last few weeks. Sophie, how's it going? Well, whenever I sound like this, you know I've had a bit of a crazy night because my voice goes all husky and deep. So yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks and it's time for me to get my shit together, get healthy again, and I'm ready for it. I know lots of drinks, lots of good food. And like after a few days, it's like, oh my God. Like, I feel like all I want right now is my routine back. I want to like get back on track. I want a damn green juice and a mixed green salad. Like I need to get my life together, but Monica's going to help us do that. Hopefully. I'm excited for tomorrow morning. I'm going to start on my healthy eating. I'm going to work out in the morning. I'm back on my grind because this weekend was heavy. Well, speaking of organization, are you a very organized person? Mm, I'm not going to lie. No. <laughs> I think you beat me on this one. Yeah. I'm like a little OCD in my own ways. Like my desk looks perfect. So I send Sophie like schedules throughout the day. I'm like, hey, we should do this and this. She's like, yeah, I was thinking the same. And I was like, all right, well, perfect. Here it is all laid out nicely with bullet points. <laughs> yeah. She gets like a whole to-do list. I'm like, oh God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I like have to be organized because when my life feels organized, I feel like everything else around me runs smoothly. Like literally, if I don't make my bed in the morning, I feel like, oh my God, my life's falling apart. And some people may think I'm crazy for that. And that's okay because I know it does sound (laughs) kind of crazy, but that's genuinely like how my mind works. But that's not a bad thing. That's like what everyone should be like. And I'm sure everyone wants to be like, I learned to do more of that when the lockdown happened because I was forced to become more domesticated. So (laughs) I've learned some tips and tricks just from that. But yeah, I'm getting better slowly. Well, what about traveling? Because I know that you travel a lot and I cannot imagine traveling without my suitcase being super organized and everything. Like, are you organized when you travel? No, I just throw it all in there. I just walk around the house and I'm like, do I see anything I need? Yep, this, 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 chuck it in there. I travel too much to be able to spend time on that. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're just crazy. (laughs) Just I pack and unpack every few days. I hate doing it. It just takes up too much time if I'm going to do it all perfectly. Well, to be honest, coming home, I'm never organized and I never like unpacking once I get back. But when I leave on my trips, I'm always super, super organized. Do you know when you buy a comforter at the store and they come in those 
those clear packs. That's what I put mm-hmm. all my clothes in. I put like my night clothes, my day clothes, and like my swimsuits, pajamas, and fitness clothes in one bag each. And then I have like my makeup organized in like little boxes. I literally say like, be with me if there's ever a zombie apocalypse because my suitcase has everything. I'm like ready for war. Well, I have everything I need. I have so much stuff. I have too much stuff. I never end up using any of it, but I just don't make it look nice and pretty when it's in there. It just gets thrown in there and then I open it up and it's everywhere. So I'm sure you'd freak out. Yeah, but there's a downside to being like crazy organized and super prepared like me when you travel because my suitcases are always like 100 pounds. Like I'm always Mm. paying like the extra $200 fees. I can't tell you how many times they've told me you have to take five pounds out. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just pay the fee. Like, trust me, it's packed in there. There's no extra room. Like I can't take anything out. And they're like, no, I don't think you understand. We can't take your bag. Like your bag is considered cargo at this weight. Well, I clearly need Monica's advice a bit more than you do. So I'm ready to get on here and I need to like get more organized and get my shit together. Yeah. I mean, we can all be more organized, including me. And I feel like I'm a little bit psycho. So let's get Monica on here and get this episode going. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, guys. Thank you so, so very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. We're excited because we have not had a conversation on the show yet about organization, and it's something that I'm very passionate about and a lot of people actually requested. So let's start this off by having you introduce yourself and explain to people what you do for a career. So my name is Monica Lead, and I'm a professional organizer based out of Los Angeles, and I'm the owner of Simply Spaced, a company here in LA, and the author of Simply Spaced, Clear the Clutter and Style Your Life, and I'm super excited to be here today. Great. So how did you get into organization, and why did you decide to make this your career? You know, I had a really interesting trajectory to this, not something I ever thought I would be doing, to be perfectly honest. People ask me all the time, were you a natural born organizer? My answer is actually no. I started out as a production designer. I was a set designer in film for 10 years before I started this career. And to be honest, I thought that's what I would be doing forever. But in 2011, my husband and I got in a really bad car accident. And much like what's going on right now where people are sort of forced to face their lives in a crazy dynamic. I was forced to stay home for months at a time to heal after the accident. And I think it was during that period that I really realized that I was just kind of living in this rat race life. I think a lot of people are feeling that right now as they're home facing this sort of slower internalized moment in life. And the truth is at that period in my life, I was working 17 hour days, I was completely strung out, I was kind of a hot mess in a lot of ways. I was a creative and I was living really fully, but I was strung out all the time. It was the kind of job where, you know, how hard can you bleed for this job? You'll be successful, right? I think a lot of people know what that looks like. You know, after this accident that my husband and I had, and it was it was definitely one of those, you know, I mean, we got hit by a drunk driver at a combined 70 miles an hour, and it's kind of our notebook story. We'll save that for another day, but we had to say goodbye to each other, and we really were faced with, you know, those big questions. And when you have a near-death experience like that, you just sort of put everything into perspective. And for me, during that period at home, while I was not able to move, not able to work, faced with the reality, I, I just looked at my life completely different and I realized how much chaos I had around me. That's such a fascinating story. So why did organization at home become so important? How did it play into the rest of your life in other ways? What I realized was I needed 
to be organized. I just never, I never learned the tools. I come from a family of creatives and spreader outers, and I didn't ever realize how good it felt to feel in control. I always felt out of control, and I think I was kind of addicted to what that feeling was like. And it was in that process of catharsis and letting go that I started to feel this levity that I had never experienced before. And what I actually ended up realizing is that the more I started to put systems in place and slow down and have a home for everything and feel more in control of my own space, the easier it was for me to make decisions, the clearer it was for me to be intentional about my life, and the more I was able to create. So in other words, I became so much better at following my dreams and pursuing the passions that I had because I wasn't stressed and overwhelmed with decision fatigue all the time, which is something that I feel like a lot of my clients really experience. Yeah, sure. So what are the main benefits of hiring a professional like you to do this purging for them rather than someone else maybe trying to do it all on their own? Hiring a professional has a lot to do with combating decision fatigue. So most of the things, you know, I I wrote a book on this, it's all learnable and teachable, but the reality is we tend as people to deprioritize ourselves. number one. A lot of times, unless it's a big, huge part of your value system and you understand very clearly the benefits of organizing, you put it on the back burner. The first part of what we do as organizers is we hold you accountable. Like they feel better just as soon as they put down their credit card. And that's not to say like, oh, you need to buy, you know, services or whatever, but it's it's just the accountability and holding you to knowing that you're going to get there, right? And there's a huge sense of relief that happens when you do that. Yeah, it's like a weight off your shoulders. It becomes partially someone else's responsibility and not all yours. Absolutely. And I think we need more of that. Like I said, we don't always prioritize ourselves. And so in allowing and valuing that help, and it's kind of like self-care in a way, right? Giving yourself permission to get help. And I think that's another thing that we, especially with women, tend to do is think we can do it all ourselves. And we take pride in that idea of we can do it all ourselves. But there is absolutely nothing wrong with getting help. And in fact, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping to convince people that it's actually smarter and more productive to delegate. So those are the kind of the main benefits, in addition to, you know, what the long term benefits are, which are mental clarity, uh, better sleep, less stress, things like that. On the note of mental clarity, do you think it has a psychological effect on people when they do declutter their homes or they do get more organized? Absolutely. I mean, this is sort of where I get into understanding. I have a framework for kind of understanding people because, yes, that is true for some people, but not for everybody. Case in point, my husband. The the framework is basically to understand different clutter personality types. I have it on my website. It's called the Clutter Capacity Quiz. And it's really a way to understand what clutter type you are or clutter personality you are. So there's three different types. One is a gold. A gold is sort of the, I'm a gold. (laughs) A gold is the everything needs to have a home. I like things really meticulous. I do not like clutter. Clutter stresses me out. That's what a gold is. A silver is sort of like your neat piles person. So maybe they don't need everything meticulous, but as long as they can find it, neat piles are okay, kind of in the middle. A bronze is your spreader outer. Your bronze is my husband. They don't see clutter. It doesn't bother them. They can create in clutter. It's really fascinating to see that that is a personality type. So The reason why that's important to understand is that when you live with other people, for example, you can't expect them to be like you, right? Like I have a client that is a 
gold. So she's, you know, she runs a company, she loves everything meticulous, and she lives with five bronzes. Now imagine what that's like, right? Like you are a gold, you need everything meticulous, but she's got two nannies, bronzes, three kids, one with ADHD, and a husband that's a bronze. So it's important to understand which clutter personality you are because then you have a chance to develop systems and also you can give yourself grace for where you are because i live with a bronze and actually my mom's living with us right now too so she's also a bronze so my house is never going to be the gold even as a professional organizer that i want it to be especially during covid we get close you know normally because we have a housekeeper and we have the right systems and i figured out what is that equation for like getting me to sanity which is at the gold level <laughs> but the reality is i can give myself some grace because I know I live with two bronzes, and so my house is never going to be perfect, especially during a pandemic. Sophie, did you say you're kind of a bronze? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm see, not proud that, of it. But you know what? Not that you have to be proud of it, but there's a lot of judgment. People think, oh, everybody should be this way, right? But like, that's who you are. So like, great. I say this all the time. I wish I was a bronze. I honestly do. My husband can walk over a pile like it is invisible. He will step on it. I'm like, literally, you can't pick that up on your way to the kitchen. Like. I tell my boyfriend all the time, I'm like, he'll just take his shoes off and he's a gold sometimes, but he has his bronze moments. And I'm like, why are your shoes just like that? Like straighten them up, like straighten your shoes up. Why did you just chunk them in the corner there? He's like, Kylie, they're out of the way. And I'm like, not enough. <laughs> he's probably a silver then because he's kind of in the middle. Like the neat pile is just okay for him. You know, maybe he appreciates and understands the gold and, and obviously you can be a gold silver, or you know, silver bronze or whatever. But it's just understanding that I think gives us a little bit of peace of mind and knowing that's who we are but it also provides an opportunity for thinking okay well if you live with someone so both of you live with other people like what systems can we put into play so that we can cohabitate in a way that we don't want to wring each other's necks right so that's why the understanding is important let's go on the polar opposites so do you think a gold will almost always their whole life be a gold and a bronze most likely is always going to stay bronze really really good question and i think in general, people don't change. Now, Marie Kondo, and I love her, I love the whole thing, like, does it bring you joy? All of it. But I've heard her say, like, by example, and at some point, you know, you do you, don't worry about other people. That kind of falls apart for me. And the only reason is because I've never seen it in 13 years. <laughs> like, I wish that my husband would spontaneously one day just become a gold because I am. It's never going to happen. But what we can do is we can develop systems to, you know, get closer to it and make it so that I'm not going crazy. But is he going to, is it just going to like rub off on him one day? I'm still waiting. No. So the answer is no. But again, like I said, I was probably more like a bronze early in my life. So it's taken me a long time to get to gold. But that's only because I think it's more in my personality to be very driven and I understand the benefits of it. And I think ultimately I always was a gold. I just didn't have the tools to get there. Well, like, I don't know if I'm bronze or silver because I love being in a tidy space. Mentally, it makes me very happy to see everything so put together. But I also won't notice so much if it's my mess. If it's someone else's mess, then it really bothers me. And I don't know what's going on there. You know, I mean, you're probably more like a silver bronze, but I think that has a lot to do with, you know, I say all the time, like, we live in the mess. That's like one really important thing to understand too. Life happens in the mess. So like when we see all these Instagrams and Pinterest pages and everything looks so beautiful. Like no one actually lives that way, right? So it's really important to understand that too. 
what I like to advise people in is, you know, what we strive for it as organizers is to put the systems in place so it makes it easier to get back to baseline because that's where we want to live. It's like when you can get things back and you have the systems in place and you do a 10 minute tidy and all of a sudden you can get back there. It's when it piles up and piles up and piles up and you don't have the systems in place at all and you're just so overwhelmed that you just don't even know where to start. That's where the real problem is. Well, what kind of systems can you put in place? Say you're living in a really small space and there's no extra space around you. Like what kind of systems can you use then? So I always follow the three-step method when I'm working with clients and it's simplify, streamline, style. That's like our, you know, simply spaced process or whatever. The first step is always decluttering. So that's the simplify process. So yeah, that's the first part. The second one is streamline. So that's where you add in the systems. And the third one is styling, which is making it more personal and beautiful so it feels good to maintain. So that's the very, very broad overview of my methodology. But the reason why the first step is so important is you always have to start there. Because the decluttering is where you get really real about what you have. Because what happens a lot of times is people are like, I'm going to go get organized. They go straight to the container store. They buy a bunch of containers. They put those in, which actually end up taking up more space. And they're like, how come I'm not organized? So you really have to start with the declutter and the purge first. And that always is about, you know, do you love it? Do you need it? Being really intentional about what you have. And then once you've done that process, you have to look at your space and say, this is all that I love. Like every single piece, I've been through this process of decluttering, you know, and it, it takes effort, right? To go through everything, it takes days, weeks, depending on how much stuff you have. And we do that with clients too, just that very first step. But then you have that inventory of everything. You're like, okay, this is everything that I love. This is everything that I need. I want to keep this. Does it fit into my space? And if the answer is no, you may have to go back and purge a little bit more. Or you optimize the space with the right systems, which is the streamlining phase. There's a million things you can do to optimize space, whether it's, you know, in a closet, you're adding a custom alpha modular system, or, you know, just thinking outside the box in terms of how to make the absolute most, switching to slimline hangers. There's there's so many things that you can do to actually optimize a space. Sometimes it means taking things out of your closet and putting it on a wall somewhere. That second step is very important too, but again, it always depends on the space that you have because you're not going to magically get more space. That's one thing that I think people don't understand either. It's like the space that you have is your limit until you move into a mansion. If you live in a mansion, you can have all the clutter in the world, right? Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? You just put it in a closet, you're good. But if you don't have that luxury, you have to get really real about what your actual limits are. One of the pieces of advice that I like to give people when they're in that situation is to think about how you can turn everything into a capsule. So whether it's a kitchen capsule or a wardrobe capsule or a travel capsule or whatever, you know, get down to the essentials. Like if you are really truly limited by space, what is your capsule collection of that thing? And a capsule is really just like the best of everything, right? It's your capsule clothing collection, a capsule beauty collection. And it's not easy for women especially, right? Like it's so hard. It, it sort of becomes one of those things, what's more important to you? You know what happens when you edit your closet down to a capsule collection and you get super intentional about the pieces that go together and you also look more fashionable. You look more put together. You know what to pull when you're running out of the house really quickly. I can tell you that after doing this for as many years as I've been doing this, I have clients who 
live in big, huge mansions. They have millions of dollars and they walk into their closets and they have nothing to wear. It's not because they don't have good outfits. It's because there's just too much in there and they have decision fatigue. This is where I want to take this conversation because by no means do I have millions of dollars, but I do work in fashion and I do love style and I have just overwhelmed my closet and I am one of those people where I feel like I have nothing to wear. So what do I do? Where do I go? What am I going to purge? How do I get to that capsule situation? (laughs) You need to imagine if you were to walk in to your closet as though it was a boutique of all your favorite things. That's what you would want it to be, right? You want to shop your own closet. You want to go in there and it looks like everything in there is something that today you would buy and wear. What are the shirts that go together? What are your essentials? What is a capsule? What are your key pieces, right? And it's actually a really fun process once you start to do that because you're like, wow, this is so representative of my style. So what do you do with all the stuff that you do purge? Like, do you just throw it away or do you give it to charity or do you donate it to someone? Like, what do you do with all the stuff that you don't want anymore? Really, really good questions because it's not easy, right, to do that, to give things away because you're like, oh, it's good money or it was gifted to me or that was my grandmother's favorite, whatever. (laughs) But number one, it's important to remember that that thing is not the person. So that's huge, right? Like, you don't have to keep the thing to remember the person. Keep the things around a person that are the most important. So maybe it's only one or two things because if you have 50 things from that person, like that's not the way to go. So I always ask people when we start the process, I ask them like, what are one or two, maybe three charities that you personally feel super aligned with? And if you don't have one, what's a cause that you feel really aligned with? For me, I work a lot with um, rehab centers in, in Los Angeles. I also work with the downtown women's center where there's women who are like homeless women who are just basically one step away from homelessness and a lot of them have children and I've gone there and I've seen how much they benefit from the smallest donations. Like I, I tell the story about a woman who I, I brought down a bunch of like a car load of stuff and she she was just one of the women in the center but she was helping haul things in and she like took the iron out of the bin and she was like, oh, I really need this. And it just made me so happy because I knew that she needed that iron, right? Like she she took it out of the bin. She like kind of like tucked it under her shirt. Oh. But like it, it was okay because I knew she needed it, right? Like there's such a need there for the simplest things, like an iron that we might otherwise just like throw in a bag or throw in the trash or whatever. So I think it is very important to align yourself with a cause that you know it's going right into your community. Just knowing that alone, it makes the process easier because you you can kind of let go a little bit of that fear of sunk cost or money, you know what I mean? Because everything, if you think about it, like everything is energy, right? So what is the energy of you hanging on to something that makes you feel overwhelmed? and increases your decision fatigue and actually kind of makes you a little bit crazy versus giving it to someone else who's might be kind of like your trash is their treasure and they can actually use it in their lives and it can help them. So it's just a mindset shift. And if you kind of do that process of aligning with a charity or something that you feel passionate about, it just makes it so much easier to let go. That is so motivating. Like that seriously makes me want to go to my closet after this interview and like get rid of some stuff because you're right. It's stressing me out and I know there's so many people, especially in 2020, like so many people who need things right now. So like, I love that you said that. And one thing I'm going to say to that too is because this is another question, I'm sure if, if you don't have it, someone else at home does. And is like whether or not I should sell things, right? Because you have, you've spent money on it or there's, you know, there's so many influencers that we work with and they get gifted things that are of such great value and all that. It's a really important thing to ask 
And occasionally there are things that are worth the time and effort. I would say 95% of the time, and you have to kind of just trust me because I've done this a million times with clients, it's not worth the time and effort that it takes to actually go through the process of selling stuff. It's just, it becomes more fatigue and more mental clutter. And then you're like getting back to people and I don't have a bin and I don't have tape and how am I going to sell? You know, it's just whatever it is, like let it go. I give you permission to just like let it go. It's really just not worth it to hang on to something that you think you can sell because it'll get moved 45 times and cause you that exponential amount of more energy than the thing is worth by the time you like actually get it out the door. Totally. And before I get into my next question, I wanted to put one other side note out. My dog was so spoiled and I had so many ridiculous toys around the house. I actually signed up for BarkBox at one point where they just keep sending you stuff each month. And I just wanted to say for anyone who does want to declutter anything, whatever it is with COVID still being such a big thing, I would recommend calling around first and figuring out where you can donate it because I thought I could just walk to any vet or any animal shelter and donate this bag of stuff. But because of COVID guidelines, so many places were not accepting donations. And I did that thing where like I was just putting my stuff in the corner like because no one would take them. So I would definitely recommend that. But Monica, I wanted to ask you about bathroom products, beauty products, makeup. I'm trying to apply capsule collection when I ask this question. But for me, it is something I'm so passionate about. My capsule collection is absurd. So what would you recommend is an effective way to create more space in the bathroom? So are you keeping all of your beauty products in the bathroom? I mean, I could definitely get rid of some of them, but I'm like one of those like 12 step skincare routines type of people and I love my makeup and I just need to figure out a more effective way to maybe put my things in the space. There's really great options for storing makeup. One of the things that is my go-to is I use these sort of acrylic drawers that are really great. They are stackable and customizable, so you can kind of build as high as you need to go or as wide as you need to go. They come in small sizes and big sizes, little drawers for mascaras and eyeliners, and then bigger drawers for bigger products. And then they have sort of a like a vanity style that you can divide. I don't know if you have anything like that, but that's my favorite thing. I probably use that, I would say a good like 60 or 70% of the time just because, and it's also like pretty, so it kind of blends right in. You know, you don't want clunky storage and if you can't see it, it's kind of useless too, right? Like we put things away and then you're like, I forgot I had that. And then by the time you remember you had it, it's expired and growing mold or whatever. Right, you know? so. right. So I think my biggest struggle right now is, I mean, Kylie as well, we travel so much like as models and we're flying nonstop. And what I struggle with the most is I find it impossible to get myself to unpack my suitcase if I'm only in a place for like a short amount of time because I know I'm moving again in like two, three days and then I'm going to the next place and then the next place. And so it always ends up just sitting in my suitcase. But what kind of tips do you have for packing suitcases and getting all of your things organized when you're traveling? Well, there's sort of two sides to that coin. It's the how do you do it before you go on a trip and then how do you do it after? And I'm, these are like what I would call like happiness habits. So those two habits, like one, when you're packing, you want to kind of start with keeping travel supplies organized. It starts for me with like a, just a very simple like hanging travel organizer. I sometimes put a few samples in, but that's what I always travel with. So I always have my go-to travel bags. One good tip is to keep, um, especially if you have a backup, so you're like very essential thing always packed. So don't pack it and unpack it. Always have one that is just 
completely packed, especially for you guys when you're traveling all the time. If you travel once or twice a year, your stuff will be expired by the time you actually repack it. But just keeping one thing that's fully packed with all the essentials that you always use, at least your starter kit, that's key. Then also kind of having like a box of all your travel bags, but keep them empty. Don't keep them full. And then have all your things like samples and stuff. That can be another category. It's when it starts to get all intermingled. Because if you'd said like you keep things packed, you got to unpack at the end. That's the habit. To start though with the packing. So you have your preset travel kit with your essentials that you need. One of the things I love to do is so simple, but it's using travel bags. You have to have like little dividers for your suitcase that fit inside. It is amazing. It can be such a game changer for when you're traveling, just to know that everything has a place. You know, you have a bag for your socks, a bag for your jeans, a bag for, and it, again, you get into that situation where you only have as much space as you have, right? We can only bring so much as we can put in our suitcases. So it's an opportunity to think about what is the capsule collection of things that I can keep in here and take the time and the, put the attention into packing a bag so that it is really methodical. It just means time and attention. It's a system. Exactly. Everything is a system. I have a suitcase in my entryway, right? Right now that I'm like struggling to unpack. I love packing. There's something like really nice about it for me because I think I am gold personality, but I hate unpacking and I've got a massive suitcase right there that needs some work. <laughs> so I want us to get into the style aspect of Simply Spaced because I loved that about your page. I love that it's such an important part because I think organization is great, but I think so many of us want our houses and our spaces to look nice too. So I want to hear like your whole spiel on like where you come from when you are styling a space. Like I said, I was a set designer for 10 years. And one of the things that I realized is that our homes are going to tell our story. Whether we like it or not, in the film industry, it's literally on the page. It's written out. It's like you walk into a room and there's beer cans everywhere or whatever. You know, It's like that already tells you something about the character. So we're all characters in our own stories. So the question you have to ask is like, who do you want to be? What is the story that you want to tell in your space? Because you're telling one whether you like it or not. That's just the reality. We don't sometimes want to think about it that way, but, you know, we're visual people. If a picture says a thousand words, like, what does a video say? And it doesn't matter what other people think. It really matters what we think of ourselves and, like, how we feel. But I think we tend to, because we're not prioritizing ourselves, we're often not prioritizing ourselves, we don't see it and we start to block out, you know, and I, I guess what I like to help people do is start to actually think about it like value yourself enough to say I'm worth having a home that I feel good in that supports me and makes me inspired and that I want to get to work in so I think about styling not so much as looking beautiful but as being representative of who we are and who we want to be and we may not even be that person yet but there's an opportunity to style your home the way that you want to be and that's why I say to people, it doesn't matter if you're living in a prison cell or a shoebox or a one-room apartment or a mansion, you have that opportunity. And you don't have to go crazy with it, but just make it a space that feels good, whether it's, you know, hanging photos or finally getting photos off your phone and putting them up on the wall so they feel personalized or, you know, adding things that represent the life that you want to have, even if you don't have it yet make it so that it feels like a space you actually want to be in. And so I think that style element is what kind of ties a ribbon on all the hard work that you do at the end. I mean, everything you're saying makes so much sense. And I definitely want to take on board some of these tips and I like, put it into my own life. That's something that I always 
notice on my phone, which drives me nuts, is that I have way too many photos. I have about 70,000 photos in my photo library right now. And I don't know what to do with them because I'm too overwhelmed to even start going through and trying to delete them because it's just too many. So what do you recommend for, say, someone has like way too many emails that they haven't kept up with over the years or photos like in my situation? Well, digital clutter is clutter too, because again, you said it, you feel overwhelmed. So the key to that is starting small. Like what are the things that can get you? Because I'm, I'm not a big fan of trying to conquer the world at once, especially when it comes to digital photos, because digital photos are a lot different than physical photos. Physical photos are actually very easy because you can have them in front of you. There's going to be a certain amount, categorize them, whatever. Digital photos is a different ball game. So I always tell people, don't think about your physical photos and, and digital photos the same way. It's com two completely different processes for organizing because the volume at which we take digital photos now is it's just out of control. But what we do is, and every Monday, and I think this is something that someone else can do as well, is just go through the past photos, like spend an hour every week and put all those photos into albums and just edit them. So don't think about your 70,000 photos. Just think about the last month first, right? Like, and if you can develop that routine, number one, you'll feel way more in control. And it'll also, you'll be setting up the stage for how you actually use your photos. You'll become more conscious about it. You'll develop new habits. You want to create albums for all of the things that you are taking photos of. So start there. Just as a jumping off point, that's what I would recommend because as you start to develop that habit, which is something small, you can start to learn how to do the bigger picture. And then I'll answer your, your question about email, which is a whole other digital nightmare for many people. <laughs> I'm just going to give you two like really tangible tips, two applications that can really help you. Number one is a, an app called Maelstrom, M-A-I-L-S-T-R-O-M. I'm not affiliated with any of these companies at all. These are literally what we use. Maelstrom is really great because it'll help you go through a backlog. A lot of people, when they say they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of email, they get anxiety because they see that number. So Maelstrom will help you go through and purge that like giant albatross of emails that you just don't know what to do because it'll help. You can kind of categorize by like whom and if you have a thousand emails from the real real or whatever, you can delete those or by category and it makes it super easy to just mass delete and it feels really good because it's kind of like a purge. The second app that I use is an app called Unroll Me and um, Unroll Me is really great because it kind of does a little bit of that too. Like you can unsubscribe from it, but you can also roll everything up into a daily emails. I, I find it helpful because there's always emails that you're like, I really would love to know that the loft is having a 30% off sale or whatever, but I don't really need it. So those are two apps that really help just to kind of kickstart that process. And then it really just becomes like the mindset of either use an email that you can sign up for all that junk mail that goes, that's a separate email. So you can, when you're looking at your emails, you're like, these are only the essentials or really get real about when you put your email in because they're going to sell you forever. Well, we love the tangible tips and we always ask this question at the end of our episode. What are your three must-have products that you just can't live without? So it can be anything from like an app to a food to a beauty product, what's three products that you just can't live without? My number one is Asana. I use Asana because I also run a business. And for me, it's like having a time management tool. When I hit the check mark that something's done, like a little unicorn like shoots across the, <laughs> across the screen. And it's the greatest thing ever because I feel so accomplished. Like I need that. I need that kind of task management in my life. And so that's like my number one. My other thing is cohesive 
bins and boxes. That's like kind of broad, but if I were to boil it down to any kind of like piece of a device, I use, there's a Stockholm collection at Container Store, but I have behind me a bunch of the white boxes and they're just, it's white boxes that can be paired together in a bunch of different configurations and they have a label on it because I'm a huge fan of labels. So cohesive bins and boxes with labels would be the second. And then I guess my label maker is the gold standard. I think every human should have a label maker of some kind. I use the P-Touch Brother. It's like a very simple mechanical label maker. And I think that there is just something to being able to find things quickly and easily. Also, when you live with other people, to get them to understand the systems that you have taken so long to put into place. If there's a label on it, they have no excuse but not to put it back where it, where they found it. I love that. Monica, can you let all of our listeners know what your social media handles are and where they can find your business and your services so everyone who's listening to this episode knows where they can go afterwards and go and find you? Sure. So we're Simply Space pretty much on all platforms, Instagram, and we've gotten really into Pinterest recently. We actually have a style quiz on our website too, if you guys want to take that. That's at www.simplyspace.com backslash style quiz. Our website has a lot of great resources on the blog and whatnot, but yeah, we've been doing a lot of pinning of late as well. And we're Simply Spaced everywhere. That's pretty much it. Oh, and I, my book, I'll plug that too, which is, um, <laughs> it's uh, available on Amazon. It's called Simply Spaced, Clear the Clutter and Style Your Life. And you can get that at, you know, anywhere books are sold, but Amazon, Target, things like that. I love it, Monica. Thank you so much. I hope that we help a lot more people get organized from listening to this episode and having you on here. And we really appreciate your time. Thank you so very much. I'm so grateful. All right, it is the Q&A section where we answer two questions sent into our Instagram page. The first one is, how would you describe your style? So my style changes depending on where I am in the world. Like if I'm in New York, I'm going to be in all black always. But I think I feel most myself when I kind of dress bohemian and beachy, flowers in my hair, that kind of vibe. That's like what I love the most. Yeah, that's totally how you dress. You're so cute. I would say that my style is more chic. I love to be like done up and a good leather jacket. I love boots. I love like a nice black skinny jean. I love a blazer. When I travel, I do go boho as well, like just to snap out of my typical fashion. But I love dressing up. I love even like putting on a matching workout set and like chunking a blazer over it or like a cool jacket with some chunky sneakers. Mine's definitely more like city girl. So the second question you guys sent in, what is an assumption that people think about you that definitely isn't true? This is such a good question. Thank you to this girl, Sarah, for sending this in. I love it so much. For me, I would say that for me, I would say that people assume that I'm just naturally skinny. And I hate that so much because I actually work my ass off. I drag myself to the gym or a home workout or I'll get outside and run. I do something every single day. I try and watch my diet as much as I can, and I do it in the healthiest way possible. So no, I'm not naturally skinny. No, I don't starve myself. I'm not naturally like this. I just work my ass off to feel like I'm in my best shape and feel healthy. What about you? Uh, I'm struggling with this one. I don't know. Um, I would, I mean, people always say to me, oh, I thought you were going to be like a really innocent, good girl. And I'm like, Mm, not really not all the time but let's just leave it as that I don't I don't need to get into the details done I'm reckless <laughs> done I love it she's a mess <laughs> no <laughs> just kidding she's fun that's it she's fun gets drunk 
(laughs) (laughs) Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love having you guys here and we're so excited about next week's episode coming out on Tuesday. Don't forget to press that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you aren't already following us on Instagram, get your ass over there. We are on there at the Not So Simple Life podcast. And we will see you guys next week with a brand new episode.